Is that the word they just started this episode? Woosa. So, Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of No Ride Around. We just said that. Um, uh, a little technical difficulty. We just lost half of an, ep- an ep- episode. Yeah, if it sounds like Harley's speech just now, you know, us tripping over ourselves for the next 10 minutes. God damn it's it. because we just <laughs> recorded everything we're about to say, but then we we lost it. So Well, so here's the thing. I, I don't mind recovering the the podcast topic stuff that we talked about. Like mm-hmm. we're about to talk about these training rides that we've been doing and these group events. It's all the color stuff in between. Like I'm not going to sit here and like tell my story about don't get a house with a yard again. Right. I'm not going to sit here and talk about how I paid $135 <laughs> for a three inch haircut. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff again. And then some of it for the first time. Yep. Some and, of it, and we'll you'll hear <laughs> some of it for the yeah. second time. But you'll the second a, time will be better. It will be better, and you'll hear a lightness when we get to the new stuff because we'll be all excited yeah. about the new stuff. Um. So it it is full tilt boogie summer. It is all the way summer. It is if you want to ride a bike, do a bike, race a bike, event a bike. You don't have to look further than like one post on social media or. Uh, a website to find an activity. It is go time. Do not send out a group text message because you'll have 10 people say 10 different things about what they're doing that weekend. You know, when it comes to planning events, you just do, you just have to plan it. Like you can't ask the worst <laughs> What's thing. What's everybody can, doing? Yeah. The worst <laughs> thing you can do for an event planner is to say, Hey, who's got, who's got this next Saturday free? Uh, nobody, your stuff that you're planning. If you want people to come just has to be cooler than all the other shit that was already planned. Yep. Or and, first or, or, or first, first. And if you're not first, be cooler. Yeah. Right? That's what it boils down to. Yeah. So we're doing these Leadville training rides. Yep. And it's like, hey, do you want to go ride the Leadville 100 course? Like, And you're going to spend most of the day by yourself, and it's going to be hard, and it's going to be high elevation. Well, we're going to have free lunch afterwards, and we're going to have a fully stocked aid station. Yeah. That gets people there. Yeah. Because no other part of that day is amazing. No, it's not I really mean, super fun. Yeah. It's, it's No, it's not fun. And, you know, so we've – it's – we have two rate. We have a, a, like a, a a lot of the team has a lot of their big events coming. So we have Firecracker Fifty in about two weeks, uh, which is on July fourth. The very following weekend is Silver Rush. Uh, in between those two, in between that is, is Nationals. Nationals, and then the big gap is after Silver Rush. We have about four weeks until the big doozy Leadville. Um, so we decided, hey, we should get together and do some course preview rides. Yeah. The, you know, the, the key behind, I, I'll never forget being on the silver rush 50 course my second year doing it, trying to qualify for my second time doing Leadville. And I was racing towards the front with a, with a good group of people. And a guy had asked me, he's like, Oh, what are you doing this for? Oh, I want to qualify Leadville. Have you done Leadville? Yeah, I did it last year. Did you hit your goal? No, I was a little off. And I told him my time. He's like, you're going to be an hour faster. I was like, what? He goes, Oh dude, you're just d- having done the course once. You're an hour faster the second time. And I go, an hour? Because it seemed like a huge... And he's like, yes, an hour. And no bullshit, I was 45 minutes faster yeah. having done it the second time. Knowing what you have in store, and more importantly, knowing what it is when you're not totally shelled helps you deal with it when you are shelled. So like knowing what the beginning 25 is like, cool. But knowing what the last the 25 last, is like. The last 25, that was... Um, monumental in me finishing on in sub 12 first year. Um, when I, and it's so funny, man, when I look back at the laughable training that I did in 2015 to, to be able to, to just finish Leadville. I mean, I know like sheer training volume isn't a be all end all metric, but I went into that race with about a thousand miles for the year, which for some people, I, I totally understand that that's a lot. Um, but then, I, you know, fast forward six years to now, and that's that wouldn't even qualify as an amount of miles that I would consider trying no, to do Leadville I think, on. I think you had that at the end of February yeah. already. <laughs> I, I've already surpassed my mileage from last year this year. Yeah, if you put it this way, because I know 
Again, training volume isn't an NLBL, but it's a damn good metric. It's a good one. And if you were going into Leadville this year and you'd only had a thousand miles written, yeah, you would be in full panic mode. Oh, I'd be, I'd be, it'd be alarm buzzers and everything. Like, there's a good chance that you're going to do it on the Orbea Rise. Yeah, totally. <laughs> just sneak an electric bike in there. What? It's just a, it's, it's got a, a down, big frame. It's got down tube storage. Yeah, you haven't seen Nino's new bike. It's thick too. It's a hidden <laughs> shock. Yeah. There's a shock right there. Yeah. It's a hidden second shock. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean that that 2015 year, you know, the the only part of the course that I had ridden was the first and the last 25 miles, and um, I remember a pivotal moment. Uh, was trudging up power line pretty close to the top and I had forgotten my, like I charged my Garmin and it was right next to my stuff and I forgot my Garmin that day so I rode my whole first Leadville with no Garmin I had no idea where I was except for when I made it through Twin Lakes outbound under the cutoff that was the only time that I had a point of reference for where I was but um, you know on power line for me I just alternate hike a bike and pedaling just to alternate different kinds of suck. Yeah. Um, and I'm like all up. It's probably about nine and a half hours in or something like that, but I'm all up and I'm like talking with people and I asked this guy where we are time wise. And he tells me, I was like, dude, how do you feel about getting your, you know, you've you gotten a buckle before. He's like, man, I've done this race three times. I've never gotten a buckle. I don't think I'm getting one today. And I was all like, I gotta get the fuck away from you. Um, <laughs> And just knowing what I had ahead of me, knowing that I was most of the way done with Powerline, and then after Powerline, it really only sucks for about another 45 minutes going up that road climb. Yeah, you know, and, and it's a road climb. So, yeah. like, you can... Yeah, it's not even dirt. Yeah, you can just you can just kind of pedal, yeah. right? Um, but knowing that. And yeah. then, conversely, and this is what we experienced in our first training weekend, which we just had two weekends ago... Um, you can find out real quick on that climb, which is pretty much in the open. There's a little bit of coverage, but you're pretty much in the sun on pavement, yep. right? Climbing uphill. And if your fueling has been off or if your hydration has been off or for whatever reason, your energy systems will know it. And that's a damn good thing to know on a training event before the real event. Yeah, man. I mean, despite all of my experience from 2015 being the first year I really raced, to current, even with all that experience under my belt, I still botched my nutrition on our first training ride. And, and here's the thing is I fucking knew better. Right. Mm -hmm. And why I know, or why I say that I knew better is my training volume has been really good recently. Um, you know, looking at my, like my five week average TSS, which again, isn't just a BLNR, but it's good. Just something to measure. Right. Like my five week average is like close to five hundred, which is pretty good. Um, you you told me, hey, ten hours, hundred miles, and I've been getting, I've definitely been hitting the mileage goal, and maybe not so much the hour goal. Um, so all and and I've been training a certain way, right? I've been training w- with a breakfast that isn't big, yeah. piece of toast with some peanut, and it's the you know the Dave's. Uh, killer uh, half slices, thin slice, thin yeah. slice, whatever. Yeah, it's but it's like not just the thin slice. It's also like surf, surface area is a lot smaller too. <laughs> there's totally. anybody who's thinking about buying those. <laughs> um, but so one of those with some peanut butter and a coffee, and then I go, I'll go out and do a, a two hour pretty hard effort. But then I'll fuel with on bike nutrition. Right. Why the fuck didn't I just do that? And and it it's I'm just dumb sometimes. So I was watching you at camp, and uh, you had a you didn't have the best night's sleep because we're, we camped. You, yeah. you, know, you tent camped. Yeah. And so um, you didn't have the best night's sleep. Uh, and so you wake up kind of tired. Yeah. Waiting for your world's biggest pot of water to boil. Dude, that took forever. Dude, you, Harley boiled a, a fifty gallon drum of water to make a press. Well, that press, did you see the size of that press? It was pretty big. It was actually. a 32-ounce yeah, insulated press. Yeah. But So you wait for I wanted that. all the coffee. <laughs> you wait for that. <laughs> and then you're warming up your Kodiak cakes. And I think you just got caught in like this, like, I kind of woke up. Yeah. I'm still kind of tired. The coffee's not done. And you just were over there just repetitive eating these Kodiak cakes, and you got down a good amount of them. So where my brain was was... Well, this is a way bigger effort. Yeah. 
So you need to eat way more. No, you idiot. Slap, slap. Like, yeah, we have an aid station halfway. You're yeah. going to fuel throughout. Yeah. And that's really, you know, we're going to, we're going to jump all over the place because we had a lot of events. We're going to have little fun stories, but the meat and potatoes of today, what we're going to talk about is just the idea of fueling and how to get that relationship right. Yep. Because between the training weekends, feedback from people at the Bailey Hundo just this last weekend, myself and Derek. Even just a question on our on Slack channel. Rumbling. Yeah, a question on our Slack channel. Like, there's just been a lot of rumblings and conversation about you know fueling because we've brought on a new fuel partner. Yep. And it's changed things. And when you change things, you got to change things right yeah. and so we're in the process of discovering i think that. we're all learning it though totally and, yeah and, and, and i think that that was a big thing for me is like i learned it that day yeah and then we had a bi- i had a big day yesterday and i was able to apply what i learned to a hard effort harder effort yesterday and i had an amazing day what do you know that's called coachability yeah <laughs> <laughs> a better trait than than almost anything else yeah but uh yeah being able to learn from that and pivot so yeah um, you know, our new nutrition sponsor that we're working with is Carbo Rocket. Yeah. And um, I couldn't say enough. I personally couldn't say enough glowing things about their product. Like, I've, I'm mind blown. I mean, here's the thing is we set out, you know, during our first year, we mentioned the sponsor aspect of this um, and how to us it's less of a sponsor thing and more of a partner thing. And we're at a size – of like the, the team, the podcast, et cetera, where the, we can just pick, right? Mm-hmm. So we can say, Hey, we want to focus. We want to start with this company because we believe in X, Y, and Z values. And, you know, we have whatever relationship, but if that company, if the product, then we're not just going to sit here and be like, dude, it's the best because we got it for free. Right. We're not going to do it. We will never, I would never do that. Um, and I don't think you would either. Um, and our, our previous nutrition supporter didn't really have a liquid nutrition component. Um, and so I think we all just kind of were using whatever I was using hammer perpetuum cause it's just kind of what I knew. Um, yeah, we have people using beta fuel, beta fuel. we have people using tailwind, we yep. have people using flow pe- yep. kind of all over. And again, it's not to take anything away. And I never really had a problem with the hammer stuff, but the f- the first day that I used the Carbo Rocket was my last big volume day before uh, the Mad Gravel event that we did back in May. Where you and learned that wind is your best friend. And fuck that. The day I wanted to quit every part of cycling. <laughs> Give away all your bikes. <laughs> I was done. I was going <laughs> to sell the shop, sell all the bikes. I was I'm finished. He's going to go become an accountant. Um, but I... Uh, it was a Sunday and it was pouring rain and it was cold. And I was like, I just need to go do this. Like, this is not the ideal training conditions, but like, this is a, this is a grit training day, right? This it's not, I could have done 20 miles. I could have done a hundred miles. Like it would have been less about that, that volume and more about the grit. But that was the first day I tried Carbo rocket and the first sip of it that hit my mouth. <laughs> I was like, this can't actually be bike nutrition. It's like for me, it was so tasty, so clean, no gut distress, etc. Anyway, so there's the the five second blurb. Totally, right? yeah. I <clears throat> where I've I've really sh- I've worked really hard to try to get into this echelon of riders that are competing, like competing to win, right? Mm-hmm. And it has not been an easy go. And I think I've been graced with like a lot of luck, primarily because you guys keep my stuff so dialed in and we've upgraded everything on my bikes to just be bomb proof over everything else. Right. But I had a good dose of luck. A lot of thought goes into the, the components that we sell you just, <laughs> just so you know, <laughs> <laughs> but I've had a good amount of luck. Like things haven't like blown up on me and, and with that's come success and with that's come then talking with the other people that are being successful at events. And what I noticed is that at the, at the higher end, you see a lot of guys only use liquid nutrition. And that was such a, a foreign thing for me. Because I was like, well, I do the hydration here, and then I like some energy stuff there, and then I use these goos then, and I like waffles also, and I had like a whole mixed bag. <laughs> like, guy, dude, <laughs> shut up. And all these dudes <laughs> are just drinking one thing, and I'm like, yeah, nerds, yeah. right? Clearly don't know what you're doing. Yeah, clearly. And so um, when I my first time trying Calmer Rocket it was after a series of races. I hadn't really been able to try it because I'm like, race, race, race. You don't want to disrupt 
the yeah. racing, you know? Yeah. So I, I tried it on training and I'm like, I did a four hour event and I'm like, wait, my power won't drop. My heart rate, my ability to get my heart rate up isn't dropping. My ability to like be engaged isn't dropping. I go, man, this is crazy. I got done. And I was like, I'm not even hungry. Right. Like it was just a, a, a steady fuel thing. And that really threw me for a loop because it was unique. And then it happened again and then again and then again. And I'm like, okay. And that's where, like you said, we're not paid to use this stuff, you know? Um, no. And hey, to be clear, th- we don't, the other stuff we got for free, we still have to buy, buy this. Yeah. We, Admittedly, yeah. we get a deal, but like, yeah. it's still like, it's still money out of our pocket. It's still money out of the pocket. Like when we do the training ride this weekend yeah. and everyone's going to get Carbo Rocket yeah. at the aid station, yeah. Harley and I bought that. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, totally. it's not free. It wasn't free. Yeah. They we weren't just like, it. oh, you got an event coming up? Here you go. Yeah, no. Just peeling it off. Um, they did hook it up. Not going to lie. Brad hooked it up. At the, oh, absolutely. At the very beginning, he sent us a bunch of samples, which we distributed to the team. Yep. We said, hey, guys, try this stuff. Anyhow, man, we're beating this down. Fueling is something that we still need to talk about because when you add a new thing, like it's got to change in what um, what I've heard and what you experienced and what I've experienced as well is when you're doing uh, on-bike nutrition, which is both calories and hydration in a pretty happy, beautiful harmony, when you add other stuff to it, you have to create harmony also. So one example, I had a guy using Carbo Rocket for the Bailey Hundo. He's feeling a little weak at one point and I don't think it was because he was underfueled. It was just it's a long, it was a long event, you know, yeah. it was a long race. And he goes, I think I need a goo, right? And I was there when I first started Carbo Rocket, I was like, oh, I need a bar because I felt a little bit like, I was like, my stomach felt hollow. Mm-hmm. But then when I, I didn't have a bar, because I was testing this and I was like, well, wait, like I did math. I just did 330 calories in that bottle. That's one and a half cliff bars. Holy crap. If I would have eaten one and a half cliff bars, would I be hungry right now? Yeah. Uh, answer, no. So I don't, I actually don't need, and I, it was just in my head, right? But this individual takes a goo and then 15 minutes later doesn't like feel so great in the gut. And it's super hot at the hundo. It was crazy sun. People are, well, when you're doing fuel and hydration that's in harmony, but you add in extra something else like this goo packet, you need hydration to bring that balance and keep the balance. If you don't bring that in, you're going to lead to gut distress. Then you're going to lock your gut. When your gut locks, it doesn't absorb nutrients. When it doesn't absorb nutrients, you can keep putting in food. It doesn't matter. But your body's not absorbing it, so the system shuts down. You get the feeling, which you can relate with, where I think I want to shit or puke, but either way, I don't feel any energy. Yeah. Well, because your system is locked. Yeah, and that, that was – I'd never experienced that. I've bonked. I've had severe bonks where you're like, you have your chills. You're out, and of, like, you're yeah. out of glycogen. You yeah. tapped. Yeah, right. I've had that. But this one at that at our our Leadville ride was it was unlike any I had ever had before because I felt so full like I couldn't possibly fit another molecule of nutrition into my body, but I had no gas. Mm-hmm. That yeah. I, I never ever experienced that. It was it was a new bonk. Yeah, there's you know um, the mechanisms that are in our our mouth and our throat and our gut that tell the body how to use the nutrients that are that are coming in and being digested, it is it is wildly complex, dude. Like it's it's just nuts. Like there's, you know, your tongue is what picks up sweet, which tells the brain that I have sugars coming, which tells the brain it can do these systems. Mm-hmm. But the back of your throat has a nerve and that's actually what uh what acknowledges fat. So when you eat the fat, it your body doesn't know it's fat until it hits the back of this nerve in the back <laughs> of your throat. So like it's super complex, yeah. right? But it works. When everything's in harmony, right? But when you disrupt that harmony, um, the system, the body's natural reaction when things are off is to just shut down. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna stop everything until we figure this out. Yeah, and so um, when people feel that way, that that's what happens. And so you know, I, I think as the these events stack up, and then we start to get into a lot of people's a what we they call a races, uh, which for me is just a race because every. Every race is an A race. Is it an A race? Of course it's a race. Yeah. No, is it an A race? Yes. I mean, it's a race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, finish under your uh, finish under your ideal circumstance and tell me that that race didn't matter. You know? I mean, that's the thing. They all matter, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't. Well, we'll beat that. That's a, that's a, ho- a dead horse to beat for another time because totally. I think we, I think we beat that one pretty good last episode. But fueling wise, um, it, it, harmony is, is a key thing, and that comes between 
calories plus hydration. And then when your things are combined, you have to just stick that strategy yeah. um, and then have faith that it works, which is why you got to test it and then retest it and continue to verify it yeah. um, through training. So training with your race nutrition is hugely important, yeah. you know, um, which is what we do with these, with these Leadville training rides. Well, and I also think, um, I can't remember where I saw it. was definitely on like a, an Instagram reel or something. Um, but it was some fitness guy talking about, he said, eat like a dog. And he didn't mean it in a negative way. What he meant was, you know, a well cared for animal eats the same high nutrition thing at the same intervals every day. Right. And what I'm learning for me is whether it's a performance weekend or a Tuesday, like having consistent consistency day over day over day, like it's boring as hell, but I eat the same breakfast, lunch, and I mix up dinners a little bit yeah. almost every day. Yeah. Um, and it's not to say that I don't put thought into it, but to reference the mistake or the misstep I made for our Leadville ride was I had a breakfast that I've been performing on. And then I stepped outside of it because my some part of my body or my brain was like, well, you need to do something different because this is a bigger day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and again, that's that's why we got out here and do these things. <laughs> yeah. We had uh, Derek and I were at Michigan this weekend. We were in the Lumberjack. Mm-hmm. Right? And uh, so we're out there racing. And there was, we stayed at this place called Cabins by the Pond. And we're in the Manistee National Forest, which has nothing but trees out there. And yeah, I'm talking, dude, trees so... D- there was a tree that they took an axe and chopped out, like they cut into it like a shark bite, so that 800-millimeter handlebars could fit through. It was a giant tree, like girthy, right? Yeah. Um, and they had to chop into it because the tree, trees are just so tight that they go, yeah, you can weave through some... This one, there's no way through it. Like yeah. you just... With the handlebars that we have. Yeah. Um, it's that dense of force. So we're out there and... Um, we're staying in these cabins, and the cabin next to us, there were just two on this property, was uh, this girl, Elizabeth, that we met at the Mohican 100 last year. She won the event. First time she'd ever done an event over 20 miles, and she won. It was pretty cool. So she comes out here and does this event. Well, she ended up getting shelled on Saturday and just wrecked, and she got to the point where she goes, I just don't think I can do this. You know, like, to that point, like, I just, because her big goal is Margie. Right, Margie Gasek, and she goes, "I just don't think I can do." Are you this. still signed up for that? Yeah. Okay. I, it's it's not even. I go, dude, you just gotta do more. Like race to learn how to race. Yeah. Race for racing's sake. Do events for events' sake. Like just keep going. Like keep doing. Like apply what you learned. Right. And and you'll be there. Right. That race isn't until September. You're gonna be fine. Yeah. Just keep doing this. You know. So um, I think that's the best way to, to talk about your fueling too. Is just you got to keep doing it. You got to keep trying it, and you got to realize that if you throw in a variable, you have to account for it. Yeah. Um, and sometimes accounting for it is as simple as an extra third of a bottle of water, right? I know it sounds silly, but like if you take down a goo packet and you don't take down eight ounces of water, you're running the risk of locking your gut up. It's mm-hmm. just that simple. Look at the stuff. Yeah. It's as dense as it can be. It's yeah. it's called goo. Yeah. It's like just drinking a, a shot of maple syrup. Yeah. Like you need to have, you need to dilute that shit. Yeah. So have some water. But we're on the carbo rocket and dude, I'm like... I did that race. It was my time was seven hours and thirty minutes. I had six bottles of Carbo Rocket. Yeah, and I was just felt like a hero. Yeah. So, so I mean, I haven't talked to you about the race. Like, so this is part of your your. your I'm sure you're oh, chasing yeah. you're chasing your NUE title again. I, I bet. Yeah, you know, um, just because I, I had, I, had I, I assume you are. I had a, I'd reached out to a company <laughs> uh, last fall. After the NUE series is over, and you know, I was uh, awarded the 2020 NUE championship for National Ultra Endurance Series. Yeah, so I was excited. And she writes back, you know, yeah, that's pretty cool, but we don't put a lot of weight on the 2020 results just because it was a really unique year. And she didn't mean it in such a way that it sounded. <laughs> but I was just like, I don't know if you watched the news this morning, the local news, but a hot air balloon crashed at Chatfield over the weekend. It was a crazy cool looking video. I feel bad for the people in the basket. But that's how I felt. I was like, yo, I'm on this hot air balloon ride right now. And you just like totally just deflated the whole fucking balloon. So the back of my head, I'm not going to lie. There was a little bit back there. I'm like, 
Yeah, I granted when I raced the dude who was the 2019 champion in every single race, and I beat him every single time. So like, right. I should have confidence in the finish. But part of me is back there going like, yeah, but it was a weird year. Right. There weren't as many people right. as there normally are. Maybe you ain't that good, bro. Yeah. And so that's like my edge this year. Like the chip that I have is that is like, okay, prove it. Right. And so that's, uh, I, I got that to me a bit. And it's going to the, this Lumberjack 100. We had 27 people in the single speed category, which is a huge field. That's a lot for the single speed yeah. lunatics. And there were like, um, not everyone showed up, but there, there were like well over 400 registered. I think we had 375 total racers Wow! in the event. And uh, because because I had won, um, now I'm not just like this dude You're from marked. Colorado. Right, totally. got this like target. And I'm like, so the, the day before the race, uh, this girl, Elizabeth, who's in the cabin next door, she's friends with this guy, Mark, who just did Unbound on single speed. He's a, he's a monster out there. Lives on the East Coast or um, in that area. And he's a beast on the single speed. And through her, he was asking her to ask me what gear I was running, but don't tell him I asked you. <laughs> So that's what he says. He says, hey, Elizabeth, ask him what gear he's running, but, but don't tell him that I that Don't I tell him I, that I want to know. So she said it just like that. And I'm like, well, tell him 5310 is what I'm running. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was the kind of, I was like, no, no, that's not, but I'm not going to tell you. And you can tell him that. So when the race Is went, that a thing that single speeders like hide? Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. Because it's a huge variable. Well, I just, I guess, I, and again, I don't know because- my single speed still hasn't arrived, and even if it had, there's no parts for the damn thing. Um, I just kind of assumed that they were all within this really constricted range. You know what I mean? Like, there's when there's only one gear, like, then this is the bike mechanic in mm-hmm. me thinking, thinking this through. Like, when there's only one gear, I, I'm thinking, well, there's like, you're going to have exceptions of like, uh, is it Mitch who just pushes a monster gear and mm-hmm. sits down the whole time? Yeah. Like he's to me in my brain, that's an outlier in the single speed world. And then everybody else runs this kind of acceptable range of gear inches and just, but it's all close. And then it just boils down to fitness and ability for the most part. Yeah. However, <laughs> a special on endurance based events, right? To your point, you're gonna you're gonna be able to climb what you can climb, right? And you're gonna be spun out when you're descending. Yeah, that's just that's yeah. to, to happen. It's with never the right gear, right? But it's those three percent grades uh-huh. up or down that a difference of a couple of teeth if on you your can front go or rear faster there. And think about an endurance event. Think about Leadville. Yeah, how much of Leadville is kind of flat-ish versus up or down? I was looking at the GPX file for the training ride we have this weekend. And mostly flattish. It's mostly flattish. So there can be a gigantic delta yeah. if somebody's running like one tooth difference. Yeah. And so I flew out there and I was like, you know, I, I really don't like to change tires. I don't like to change tire pressure. I don't like to change gear, yeah. gearing. I'm We're just the like, same. This it, is, it, this it's is what consistent. It is. If, yeah. my, if my rig is consistent over every variable, right. then it's just the same bike every time. And then I just have to figure out the course. Totally. And so that's, that's the strategy I impart. A lot of guys that are single speed brain different and they'll so swap do around. this or that. Yeah. I don't like to do that. I don't like to, I don't like to change any of that stuff. So I go out, I don't have any change. Then I'm riding the course and I'm thinking, shit, I should have brought a different cog. Like I'm in that. And so when she asked me that, I was kind of in that world. I didn't have any options, though. Um, it <laughs> like, what it I mean, was. I could change something, but I don't have anything to change. Yeah, so right? Fuck. And so she asked me. It's kind of funny. Okay, fast forward, race starts, whatever. We have a prologue. Um, take off. It's blistering fast. Uh, the race course, we jump onto course. I see the guys, out, Eli's out there, Mark's out there, the guy that won it last year, uh, this guy Greg, he's out there. Um, there's the, Mark's teammates out there. Like, we're all the guys at the front. There's a bunch of us up there. Um, I jump onto course. I'm fourth wheel. And I end up passing Mark's teammate uh, at like 13 miles. And I, and I say, like, hey, man, Mark's still up there? He's like, yeah. And I was like, I'm going to go catch him. He's like, good luck, dude. That guy's a beast. I'm like, yeah, all right. So I keep riding. <laughs> I catch up to second place. I am not impressed. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm passing these geared dudes. And I catch up to – so every climb, it's, all, it's almost all single track. There's two dirt road double track sections in the course. Right. But the rest of it's all single track. And so passing people is a little tougher. So every climb, and this is Michigan, so the climbs are short it's all punchy. and punchy. Yeah. So every climb I have to attack because the only time to gap 
on geared riders. So I'm doing this, doing this, doing this. Boom, I get behind the guy who's in second place. So um, this guy, Greg, he won it last year, two years ago. So I'm on him. And I'm, hey, man, what's up? We're riding, riding. And then I'm trying to pass him because he descends. Greg, you're a great guy. You're terrible at descending. So I'm trying to get around him, but he's strong on the, on the flats. And so I finally pass him on the road, get into the next section of single track, and there's a stream of about 10 of us in line, and we're clustered up, right? And at the very front, I see a dude just humping the handlebars, uh-huh. and it's Mark. He's got his chest. He's laying on the bar, and he's just grinding up this hill, and all the gear guys behind him, and then me, I said, a row of 10, all of us included. And I see who it is, and I'm like, this is my moment, right? Because, you know, there's a mental game out there, yeah. right? So I holler. I'm like, yo, Mark, I'm like, I think you brought too big of a gear, bro. Hollering at him. I was like, man, I know the steak looks good, but you got to buy a steak your size. I just start talking shit. Yeah. Because I know that he know, knows who I'm at. I yeah. am. Yeah. And he's put a mark on me. So I'm like, I'm going to call. I'm not going to hide from this, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. If you're marked, you kind of got to own it a little bit. Right. So I talk. So I'm saying this to him. And I find out after the race, he turned to his buddy who was with him and he's like, who the fuck is that guy? And he's like, I don't know who the fuck that guy is. So <laughs> just talking shit. And then it gets so to you were marked, but not really. Right. <laughs> and so then it gets to um, we're on this climb, and I just I'm like, dude, this is the moment. So I take about three matches and I cluster them up. You know, when you strike, strike three them all matches, at the same yeah, time. Totally. And I go to the left and I just blast on the whole section and then pass them and then just put my heart rate in my throat to just gap on them because I needed to set the tone, right? And uh that was the last time I saw another single speeder for the event. Right. So that was a uh, mile twenty. Um and then the, it was a 33-mile lap. And so it was mile 20. I finished the first lap, grabbed two new bottles of Carbo, um, chug a spark, and then it starts to rain, and then it becomes torrential rain. Like like I had our 100% glasses on, uh-huh. couldn't see shit. So I'm trying to pull my glasses on the bridge of my nose. All right, to like look over the top To look or over whatever. the top, but then it's becoming this like, do I have bifocals? Right. And so I just take them off and put them in my pocket, yeah. and the rain becomes like a constant, dude. And it's slippery, and it's... I mean, it's it's a mess. And yeah. back to Hanalt's phrase, when they're all hurting attack, I was like, whatever, dude. I had spark in me. I'm like, go. And so I attacked on lap two. So that whole 33-mile lap, I made sure I was never behind anyone. I passed about 12 or more geared riders because you couldn't – when it's muddy and rainy, you can't ride behind someone, especially yeah, no. when you don't have glasses on. Yeah. So I attack, and I lost my mind. The whole lap rain is two and a half – hour lap the whole lap was rain came through was hoping they called the race the sun comes out they don't call the race i swapped two new bottles of rocket drink um some rocket red jump back on for lap three and i was like you got to hold on and uh ended up holding on and um came to the finish line and was 10th overall out of 375 which is dope and first single speed and i'm sitting there and i'm pretty jacked and sure as shit five minutes the next single speed dude i was like that's a lot closer than, I than you thought, like the whole time on lap three. Well, and it's and it's not like a five minutes is a lot to beat somebody by in a race, but like seven and a half in hours. Seven hours. It's you not. do seven and a half hours. Five minutes. Seven and thirty yeah. and seven thirty-five is not, not a big not difference. Not a big delta. In in especially when you're when you're racing that whole lap three, I was alone. Um, it's easy to. The, and the only people I was passing were people I was I was lapping. Right. So. I had no rabbits in, in your, and I'm sitting there and I'm, and I'm pretty shelled, right? Like yeah. let's keep it real. Like I just raced 66 hard. Uh-huh. So I'm pretty tired. Um, man, there are so many times where, when I was just like, God, I like almost shake my head and be like, dude, everyone behind you is like ch- chasing you. Yeah. Like that's the like only, you're their rabbit. Yeah. That's the only, like, so the second you come off. So I had to like bring myself back a few times. Um, but damn, it felt good to come through and, and to have that finish and, and kind of like want to email that girl back and be like, Hey bitch. Yeah. It's 2021 now. Yeah. And uh, just won this one. Like, yeah. I'm not going to win them all. I know. And there are people faster than me. They didn't show up, whatever it may be. Like, yeah. I get it. Yeah. But, like, that email was super shitty, but thank you for the fire. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm hungry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm hungry at 21, the same I was hungry at 20. Yeah. yeah. Same as I was in 19. Because I'm fucking hungry. I'm yeah. eating. Yeah. So, I love it. I love it. Um, super fun. Um, so, you know, we kind of briefly touched on it. Like, so we've been doing these, um, this kind of block of training weekends yeah. for the team. Uh, we started with the first and last 25 miles of Leadville. Um, I think some people learned some things out there. There's some fast guys that learned it's easy to be, not easy. You can be fast for 30 miles, 
but there's a cost. Yeah. And so like in those 30 miles, you got to be feeding the till Yeah. so that when you try to make that withdrawal for the last 20 miles, yeah. there's something to pull out. Well, yeah. And I mean, and even still, you know, I've done that course enough times and at least that parts of that course enough times to kind of know some shit, but like, um, you, you pointed out some spots where like, look, man, like I forgot how steep Keevans was at some point, some points. Cause it's always so slow. Yeah. Right. Like and it's busy and it's early. Yeah. And you're it's just the first happy thing not to be cold anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I forgot how steep it was. And so like, even if you are out off, like, even if you do break out of the front of the, the group and you're not stuck behind a thousand people, like that's still a steep, but it's not a fast, like you, I, the point, one of the points that you made to me is like, you're going to go as fast as you're going to go on a steep technical climb or Columbine or, and a descent. or, 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 and right? the steep descents. Right. Like you have, your skill is your speed there. Yeah. For the most um, part. But there's these, and I, I applied it a lot, um, or I took notes a lot on the firecracker 50 training ride that we did yesterday. Um, there's all these moments where because those steep sections are hard, they're, they're, they're taxing, right? So whether it's climbing, that's physically hard. And if it's descending, it's like kind of cognitively taxing. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to crash, but I want to go fast. So I want to go as fast as I want to ride that, that edge of going as fast as I possibly can on this section without risk of dumping it. So like there's these two different demands on those parts. Um, and so when the trail is, you know, you referenced that kind of 3% grade, those are the points where it's easy to oh, like mentally let yourself kind of take a mulligan. Because you have a choice. Right. You have a choice. Those other spots, you don't have a choice. Yeah, it's, it's, it's as hard as it is. Gravity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> gravity. What's gravity? Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, uh, you know, it was, it was a good learning section for me. Like I'm dreading Columbine this weekend a little bit just because Columbine fucking sucks. <laughs> like, I'll tell you this though, dude. It's a lot better when you're not doing it at a true halfway point. Yeah. Um but I mean, you know, that our our training ride on Sunday is still gonna be sixty miles. It's still gonna be six thousand feet of climbing. Like big effort. It's a big fucking day. Um but um so you know even for me uh you know somebody who's done Leadville a handful of times there's still shit to learn. Mm-hmm. Right? Like there's there's, there's always, and even at the top of Keevans, like there's sections of the top of Keevans where it's like, no dude, like if you're below X Watts for me, just my, how I need to like keep myself honest. Like if you're below a certain effort, like you're not going fast enough. Yeah. I think two really good like uh, ways that we talked about that on that ride was, yeah. When you have a choice, remember that everyone has a choice yeah. and making the hard choice, but the right choice yeah. is going to be the differentiator. Not of just a little bit, but those are the difference of several minutes. Yep. Like you can really do minutes of difference in those 3% ups and 3% downs or flats, like minutes of difference. And then the other thing I talked about a lot was even when descending, like you're talking about the top of Keevans, there's that like, it's got that. It's rolly. It's rolly, right? If you can feel pedal pressure, you can go faster. Yep. So like at any point in time, right? There's, There's being spun out, but if you can feel pedal pressure... Even if you do it three times, like, so I'm going up a little rise and I come off of it. Step, step, step. And go, like, you're going to be a mile an hour faster than you would have been if you just kind of rolled through that section. Sure. So pedal pressure. If you feel pedal pressure and if you have a choice, both of those moments, you can be faster. Without, and again, this isn't like you can always be faster. Right. You can be faster without a lot more effort. Right. right? Like, you're really not hurting yourself. Um. So this is a good takeaway for me cool. because I, you know, again, I do like, well, I know, I know Hagerman's not an overly difficult climb, but it's one of the more technically uh, challenging climbs. Um, you know, Keevans isn't really, um, you know, the fire road on Columbine isn't really, obviously uh, the paved ones aren't, but like Hagerman's. It's marbly. It's got rocks. Yeah. One of the guys on our training ride was like, man, I can't believe people walk this. I'm like, yeah, wait till there's a thousand people on here, dude. Yeah. 
I'm one person. I've never walked Hagerman in the race or otherwise. <laughs> no, me neither. But <laughs> but there will be people that like torque a wheel, yeah. and then the three people behind them walk, and then next yeah. thing you know, you're on I-70 traffic. Yeah, yeah. it's just what. It's what. And, and I'll tell you what. If you're, yeah. I said this also. Um, in terms of like race starts, a lot of people get intimidated on the race start. Like, how fast should I go or not go? Right? right. Because I want to like I want to save some energy. Right. Yeah. What I always say with a race start is at all points in time, look at all the riders around you and be like, do I fit? Uh-huh. And if the answer is no, then go do you faster. move <laughs> or, or go slower, right? Right, right, yeah, if, yeah. If everyone, <laughs> if everyone around you is kitted out and hauling the mail and you're in baggies with a camelback on, like, slow the fuck slow down. Slow the fuck down. <laughs> Chill. But if everyone around you go, dude, I'm like, these guys are all in my way. Okay, um, then go faster. Yeah. Right. We we talked about that with Colin here at the shop. You know, uh, he's get, he used to get frustrated. Right. Like these guys can't descend for shit. Well, well they should have been faster on the climbs, dude. Then you yeah. wouldn't be behind them on the descents. Yeah. Right. It's kind of yeah. it's one of those things, you know. And so, um, yeah. But dude, course knowledge. The fact that we did that training weekend, first and last twenty five. We're doing the the middle fifty this weekend, yep. and then you took out, dude. You had a squad yesterday for dude, the five hundred fifty. Massive, and it was so cool. I think we probably had twelve people out for the Firecracker fifty course preview. Um, we just did one lap. So Firecracker fifty, uh, for anybody that's not aware, is a is a two lap race, um, which proved to be my undoing in twenty nineteen when I rolled back into the start finish area for lap two. And saw a can of Coke and a plate of barbecue. And a giant party with an outdoor band. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm The done. coolest environment ever. <laughs> um, and, you know, uh, we, I know that you were disappointed in me at that point um, for not doing it. And two days later, I was a little disappointed with myself. But in that moment... It was the best decision I ever made. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The hardest thing about racing is yeah. to keep racing yeah. in the middle. And, like, don't, like, never give me a start-finish area that I can stop at. <laughs> like, well, um, we're doing it smart this year. So, uh, yeah, I mean, with the exception, I think Chad, Rob, there's a handful of people Chad, on the Rob, team. Chad, Rob, Chamberlain. A couple of people are doing the full poll. Yeah. Um, but, Josh, like, Hallett. 13 people are well not 13 12 people on the team are doing the team relay <laughs> yeah chris does the full boat but yeah, yeah a lot of us doing the relay yeah um for a couple of reasons like so that week uh sunday's fourth of july yeah yeah so that's the firecracker 50 yeah and then either wednesday or thursday depending on your category is nationals, nationals. and then saturday is the silver rush 50 yeah so like there's a lot going yeah, on it's all like that week is i'm almost not gonna be at the store that week because um we close i just closed the shop that weekend like mm-hmm. fourth of july is on a sunday that means the entire population of denver is leaving town on thursday night or friday morning right which means the store is going to be a ghost town and monday is the national holiday yep and you're already and we're already on closed monday. on monday so fuck it we're closing at two o'clock on friday and everybody's going up to the mountains <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> um but then if you're buying, if you need the bike shop on that weekend, like at that time yeah. at two p.m. on Friday, if you yeah. need the bike shop, yeah. you you already missed. Yeah. The bike shop don't even want you. Yeah. Also, um, if you need a bike shop during Fourth of July weekend, it's probably not my bike shop. It's probably like totally wired in Winter Park or yeah. yeah it's like a it's a, like a bike shop in the mountains. Totally. Um. So. Uh, and then. You and Colin Donovan and I don't know. Is anybody else doing nationals? Yeah. Uh, Elander's doing nationals. Oh yeah. Um, I got my young buck Gavin who's um, 16 now. Yeah. He's doing it. I'm going to be out there to see him do it. But I just want to so, go. Like I, like I'm not racing nationals. Yeah. It's, I'm glad you said that. Cause so Derek is, uh, uncle mentals off of work that week. Uh huh. They have like a whole shutdown for their company that week. And, um, He's going to drive out on Tuesday. He's going to, he said the same thing. He's like, I just want to go to nationals. So we're going to pre-ride yeah. the course together on Wednesday. And he's going to be there for the races. And like, it's just a cool environment. Yeah. And then we're going from nationals right to Leadville. Yeah. Are you doing Silver Rush? No, I'm going to no, be your guys. Be, I'm a yeah. 25-mile crew, dude. Okay. The cool thing about Silver Rush is it's a 25-mile out and back. Yeah. And so it's the worst out and back though. It's almost as bad as a start finish area with a party at it, dude. Because the turnaround point it's just is, a few miles from town is downhill. Like a downhill like fire road ride back to the heart of Leadville. But you can tuck 
<laughs> Listen, and I've done this before. So from the 25 mile <laughs> mark, the aid station, you can tuck on that road and you don't have to pedal until you hit City on the Hill coffee shop. Yeah. Coffee shop. You were at the coffee shop yeah. for a cold brew and yeah. you didn't strike your pedal once. Not once. You didn't have to. It's anyway. a son of a bitch. So, uh, no, I'm jacked because I'm going to see you guys at the start. Yeah. And then I'm going to roll through, get a nice little coffee. Yeah. Go set up the aid, get an hour ride in. Yeah. Watch you guys come through suffering, reload all your bottles, <laughs> like scrub your chains, whatever you need. And then I'm going to do my no pedal tuck all the way back to the coffee shop. <laughs> I'm having a good day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I, my plan was to, I don't, I, obviously, I don't think I'll spend the night in Winter Park, but um, if my van is fixed, <clears throat> we got a Sprinter van. Let's just put it out there. <laughs> they bought such a dope van. There's like a couple of types of van buyers. Few maybe. There's, there's the one, two. No, there's two. Okay. Well, who are they? To me, there's two. There's, a DIY. Uh, there's, there's three. There's uh, like E350 and... That guy probably has like a really sketchy criminal history and is still on probation. So that like we don't talk about that guy. By the way, I just was looking at an E three fifty. So <laughs> Harley's totally right. I mean not on probation anymore. <laughs> but there's the build out DIY and, guy and, and the done. Yeah. And you went the done route and you didn't go done route. You went the like McNasty. We went done done. You went like this thing's all the way done, and it takes its own Instagram pictures. Yeah. Um, but that's like a, a pretty big lifelong – not lifelong because, like, the van thing hasn't been since forever. But, you know, that's a that's a big goal is to, to have something like that, both for the store and for personal use. Um, but – it's basically been broken since we got it, so don't be too jealous, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I got this super sweet thing that's just spewing fluid all over yeah. it. Um, but if it is fixed, I'll have because it's super sweet. Like we'll have, I'm sure there's somewhere I'll be able to park to yeah. like service our Actually, racers. It's yeah. got an awning. It's got a retractable awning. It's got a refrigerator. Like it's got all the stuff. So like all the people who are having a hard day, like. There's a really comfortable place to come hang out. Wait a second. So do I get to use your van for the aid station at Silver Rush if it's all fixed? Yeah, if I have it with me. Because y'all come rolling through, and I'll be drinking like an oat milk cortado, oh, yeah. reading a book. And be like, oh, you guys need something? It's yeah. over there in the coolers. Yeah. You, oh. mean, you mean the refrigerator, not the coolers. That's right. In the refrigerator. It's in the fridge. Come on in. Yeah, the AC's on. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have cheese wedges and like some like <laughs> dates, some uh, rolled dates and, and meat, something. So, um, but yeah, I just want to like, I just want to be, I think it'd be fun to be at, at Nationals. I've never seen something like, well, I shouldn't say that. I went to Downhill Nationals when it was in uh, Granby in like 2010 or something. Yeah, no, it's a hell of a production. And this will be the last year it's in Colorado for mountain bike anyway, for a little yeah, bit. Until so, the next time it's back in Colorado. Yeah, until the next time it's here. So, um, it'll be super fun, but yeah, it's, it's, it's stack, 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 uh, on those events. And then for me personally, the, the travel stuff's getting, going to get pretty heavy. Yeah. We like racing and, uh, man, it's, it's all consuming. It's a lot. Um, I want to, before we, it gets too far in the rear view, I do want to talk about the, uh, the firecracker 50 course. I want to, I want to mention two things. Um, the first of them, um, is that, the year that we did it in 2019, there was a massive, there was two massive reroutes. We didn't go over Little French. Um, and there was, if you remember, because that was the year we did Breck Epic, there was that big avalanche field. Oh, yes. So they had to cut that out. They had to cut mess. all that stuff yeah. out. And so the course that we did in 2019, I'd, I'd never ridden in Breck really until we did the that day um this course the classic course is so much faster good so much faster good i cannot emphasize like we were um so we had a uh a new team member uh, this woman kelsey who lives in minnesota she's here doing high altitude training um and she was ha she happened to be able to link up with us for the ride and uh I spent the day riding with her because, and it, it was a, it was totally my decision. But she's she doesn't know everybody. She kind of right. like I'm kind of her point of yeah, contact. Yeah, yeah, you're the link. Um, we did not ride at a fast pace at all, um, and we still finished the course in only about 15 minutes slower 
total moving time than I did in 2019. Full race mode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is a because in 2019 there was the fire road climb or like the pavement fire road climb up to the water tank, and then. There was two other really steep. Yeah, because they took us to Baker, which was like because they had to add that. Yeah, they had to add that because two crazy yeah. steep. In a little French, it first first challenging. It's so it is, short. It's super short. In enough for nothing. When I trained that course before, uh-huh. I I ride French, and yeah. when I do the full pull, when I've done the full pull in front, mm-hmm. I ride it the first lap, and typically the second lap, I'll mm-hmm. walk after the creek crossing. Mm-hmm. Like it's not that bad. Right, it's I, just it's marbly, right. and if you if you bobble, you're walking. Yep, it's it's one of those guarantees. Yeah, yeah. I um, the only other time I did French was in Breck Epic. We went down it though. We went up it. The for day one, we went in the rain. We I don't remember day it. one. Day one was a blur of a storm, yeah. and I was chasing. The you. only reason I remember it is because we got up to the the high point of Little French. And that's when it like goes across a little stream and you start kind of that, that undulate you're on that flume. So it's kind of like bench cut off camber kind yeah. of shitty. Um, I remember the tree that I hung out in for a minute while I tried to eat and like feel my fingers. I was like, Oh yeah, I've done this before. <laughs> um, and uh, so you have the first, again, it would, like this, if you guys can go and like pre-ride your courses God, it's worth so much. It's it's probably the single best thing that that you can do just because of ruling out doubt. You know, the truth is when you don't know a course, yeah, it becomes like very quickly it can become really intimidating mm-hmm. because you just don't know. And then you go out there and you're like, I was feeling that that bad. Like you talked about Columbine, like watch us ride it this Sunday, and you'll be like, dude, that wasn't as bad as I remember. Yeah. Well, no shit, we're gonna be pretty fresh. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then but in August, when you yeah. get to it, you get your last memory is this yeah, ain't that this bad. Ain't that bad. And that's um, why you pre-ride. That's why you pre-ride in chunks, also. Totally. If if possible. Um, so my big takeaways uh from the our our Breck ride, I have three big takeaways. Riding in Breckenridge is the best riding in Colorado. There I said it. Um <laughs> it's so good up yeah, there. Really good. Every time I ride up there, I'm just like, man, I've ridden in a pretty I, I haven't been to I've ridden in C B. Um so uh, we've got, um, the riding in Breck being amazing. Um, the second piece is, uh, the, there's about 3000 feet of climbing in it's 3,400 feet of climbing for one whole lap of a firecracker 50, about 3000 feet. And, the first thousand feet goes by so fast because, and I didn't know this, didn't rec- recall this. First thousand feet of climbing is all fire road and pavement. Yeah, it is so fast. fast. Yeah, it's just quick. You just sit and go. Um, third year climbing done. Um, and then really, the uh, there's only two more climbs that really matter. One is French, and then the end when you're tired, it's like punchy and rocky and rudy. And then it's home free. That course is so fast. So fast, and it finishes with just a big like, like hand on your ass. Yeah, nice badass. Dude. Like you're the man downhill. Yep. yep. Burned out like tables. If you want yep. to make them tables. Yep. Hooting and hollering. And this year, when you roll down, if you're doing a relay style, I'm just going to hand my number plate to somebody, and that's yeah. I'm done. You got to move on. Um, and then the last thing, um, I had a we had a big group, and I've been very on people to make sure they have the routes downloaded. Because these rides do get strung out. That's just it just happens. Mm-hmm. You have 15 people, different varying fitness levels, ability levels, skill levels, etc. They get strung out. Well, we had our hammerheads yesterday, and we had kind of everybody else. And um, I brought my friend Matt, who's not on the team, but just such a good guy, and he is racing with one of my employees here at the shop. Um doing a, the duo and uh, Matt and Abby, your wife, like kind of were in between the two groups. Mm-hmm. And then we all grouped back up and I was like, they're gone. They're gone. <laughs> um, and I had, had a moment of, it was a, it was a WWJD moment. 
<laughs> and uh, I was like, well, how would Justin handle? Well, I know how Justin would handle his wife, but how would Justin want me to handle losing his wife in the mountains? Uh, and it all worked out, but they, uh, they just, it was, there was one turn on the downhill. It was the only effing turn on the whole downhill and they took it. Do you want to know? So I got the story when I got back in from DIA last night uh-huh. and, uh, you want to know what I told her? Uh, I was like, well, you have to have the route. Well, I had the route, but I have to pull my phone out all the time. Keep looking at Strava. I'm like, well, that's what you got to do. I go, the truth is you don't do enough like on your own backcountry kind of these type of big things to warrant like a giant GPS. Like she's got a GPS, yeah, but it's more but like it's a not, tracking yeah, thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I was like, so you just got to look at your phone. Well, I didn't want to do that the whole time. So then I said, okay, well then you got to ride faster and hang on to somebody yeah. or ride slower and be with people that know where they're going. Yeah. Which do you want to do? She goes, well, I don't want to ride any slower. And I was like, then ride faster. Yeah. That was the, that was, <laughs> that was the lesson. Like if you don't want to get lost, then hang on. Yeah, and uh, and and so I. I'm super supportive. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean you. That's we were. You were a topic of conversation yesterday. Okay. Oh, um, just in the sense that like you're always you, mm-hmm. and I was saying that more people should tell you to shut up more frequently. <laughs> because not everybody always needs Coach Justin, but you're always Justin, right? Um, and it's okay. I love you for it. Sometimes you're exactly what I need, and sometimes I tell you to shut up. <laughs> How did you like that two weekends ago? And I go, do you want me to get all like super motivational yeah, no, like was, right now or not? And you go, no, I yeah, don't. It was perfect. It's like, okay. And that is, you know, almost, you know, six or seven years of us being friends and racing <laughs> so, and you so, coaching. Yeah. Like, it's like, I know what I need right now, and it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, oh, God, what, what, did, what thought did I have? So you said, what, what would I have done? She gets lost. Yeah, I totally lost the thought, but it was, um, I, I definitely was just kind of like at a, oh, so I had this brief moment. So we were all kind of grouped back up trying to figure out where they were. A couple of people made some phone calls, um, just to like, Hey, you're definitely not going the right way. Um, and part of me was like, well, I have the route on my shit. Um, I'm going, but then I was like that only works halfway because Abby will figure it out. I have all, and it was, there's a lot of people out there and everybody was super helpful and all the people out there were local. So they knew where they were going. I was like, Abby will figure it out. Abby's smart. She's got the route on her phone. It's fine. But the other person that was lost with her was my friend, Matt, who didn't have the route on his phone and was my ride back home. Uh, so helpful Harley really guys just trying to get his ass back to Denver I mean I'd have gotten back to Denver Uh, so um, but it it was you know the last two weekends were awesome Um, yesterday was extremely fulfilling for me Um, yesterday uh, was Father's Day and this will be the 10th year that I've been without my dad and so being with that group of people uh, felt really good. I actually didn't even really think about it being Father's Day until like later that night when uh, Molly asked me if I had texted her dad or anything. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, shit. Um, because, and like Father's Day is hard enough when you've lost that parent. Uh, but um, it's even harder when the 10 year anniversary of that is then the following week. <laughs> so next weekend when we're out at Columbine with all those awesome people, it's going to be another really great way in my mind to kind of like take a little bit of that away. Um, so yesterday was an awesome day and uh, thanks everybody who was out there doing it. I know a lot of people had to book um, so we didn't get to say goodbye to some people, but um, I li- like the whole ride home just felt awesome. Dude, that's what bikes are about. Like at the end of the day, these number plates and these races and all this stuff. It's, it's just about that feeling of contentment that comes like with the community around it, you know? Yep. Um, because everyone out there pedaling is your people, you know? Yep. And so when you're either like, you know, a potentially emotional moment in life, you know, yeah, and, and having the emotion be like total stoke and you were out there basically fathering this whole group of people that we have with no ride around yeah. uh, in a positive way is super awesome. I even had to tell everybody, I, 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 I even specifically, Again, not even with that in mind, we had like kind of grouped up after a downhill 
and some of our guys had made some questionable passes around recreational riders on a gravel road. And I was like, Hey guys, I got a dad y'all for a minute (laughs) because it's, you know, it's like when you're, when you're in the caboose, the people that were pissed off at the people in the they didn't get to yell at them, they, they, but, but they, they yell at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people tell me that when I ride. <laughs> uh, guys, so. thanks for letting us bounce around. Uh, we're in the middle of it right now, and yeah. so what's most important as we get through this, we're going to start covering you know all of these events and our continued training events leading up to Leadville, and we'll start digging deeper into Laruda as the summer presses on. But um, keep firing your questions. Those questions about fueling and those like missteps and those struggles help give us fodder for how to help you and provide a bit of value along with a bit of entertainment um, as we just mumble away with you <laughs> on a double recording of this episode. Yeah. yeah. So. Some of it was better the second time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next time. You're weak, you're done So get the fuck out